Hello and welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast. This week I want to talk about loneliness and who you are, who you really are. This conversation I had twice yesterday and with two, obviously with two different people. And my question was, is this because of the relationship that you don't know who you are? Or have you ever, ever known who you really are? And look at various different reasons to this deep loneliness. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. As I said, I had two separate conversations yesterday. It comes up a lot. I think I actually spotted a couple of comments about or posts in my Facebook group, The Divorce Sanctuary, about this. And The Divorce Sanctuary is to support you divorcing emotionally. These emotional divorce is is needed. It's breaking those ties. It's healing the original wounds that created, that were created in childhood and allowing you to divorce emotionally. So you're not hanging around wondering when they're coming back. Loneliness is, as I said, really common coming out of these relationships. And it's this like really deep emptiness that you feel inside you. And then loneliness could be for many reasons. Perhaps you're more focused on protecting your relationship than you were on protecting yourself. And there might be nothing left of you having your soul sucked out of you after the relationship. You were isolated from friends and family. You might have experienced triangulation and this was to make you feel jealous. You end up questioning everything. Uh, This feeling of loneliness could be due to the trauma bonding that took place and a fear of not knowing how to function without them. They manoeuvred themselves into your life and then they manoeuvre themselves into a place of power and they take control of it. And then when they've drained you of every resource, where they've mined everything out of you, you're no longer used to them and they leave without backward glance. You're left with emotions that are completely unfamiliar to you living in fear and those people around you that are still left are confused they can't understand why you can't move on and you might even hear people say gosh shouldn't you be over this by now I mean it's a comment I heard and then you've got the people that are slightly out from that maybe I I see uh, friendships in tears in circles in rings that move out and some people move they move you move in and out of your life And the people that are slightly out, that have no idea what's going on, majority of people will never understand what happened in that relationship because you kept that really quiet. You took on a persona. You played the abuser's games. They're questioning what happened because from the outside and from the view that they had of what was going on, your life was perfect. And these emotions, particularly the one of loneliness, can bring up feelings of unworthiness they've moved on and you're left feeling very alone during that devaluation stage they told you time and time again what was wrong with you 
And you might be discovering that not only did you lose yourself emotionally and mentally and perhaps physically, spiritually in the relationship, you also might have lost your finances. Financial control is huge. And I think it's not talked about enough and how coercive control is focused on various different elements but that has to be one of the biggest and easiest way to trap someone is financially and you wake up and this dream is over you've invested this proverbial slot machine you've invested so much you've invested yourself emotionally and mentally and physically you they've broken down every boundary that you've got or the majority of them you've invested yourself spiritually you've probably changed your views you've questioned them you've questioned all of the people in your life that they've suggested might not be favorable or looking out for you and that they were the only person the abuser is the only person you should be listening to and trusting and then they and then you've lost yourself financially everything's over with in a millisecond, things change. So you've been standing at this slot machine waiting. The promise, your jackpot promise is a fake future that you created. They sat down with you. They found out during that idealization stage, multiple times they injected their ideas into your ideas and they merged them into one. And they create this amazing future that you're going to have together, that you're going to grow old and you're going to live in a certain way in a, a I don't know, whatever it is that has been planned, whether it's living on a desert island, sailing the ocean, um, buying a camper van, living at the top of a mountain, whatever it is, whatever your dream was, that is what, you know, it might be having a farm with land and animals. They've taken everything and they've created it in manipulated, and that should be, and manipulated all of your dreams. And they sprinkle those little elements of yours into theirs. And then you buy into this. And this is what you're standing there. You're standing at this slot machine, investing emotionally into this relationship, financially into this relationship. You're questioning everything, every value you've had, they have you questioning. And that all goes into this slot machine. And you're waiting and waiting. And you can't walk away because... Every time you get to that point where you think, that's it, I'm done, it's over, they reappear. They take you back to the idealization stage. They remind you how good you are together, how you're soulmates, how you're meant to be together. They tell you that everybody tells them how amazing you are together, that you're soulmates. And it just goes on. You feel trapped. You hang on. That fake future is dangled once again in front of you. You're looking at the people surrounding you because the triangulation's there. Those people that are hovering around, uh, they're getting closer and closer on their slot machines. If you could imagine a bank of them, a line of them, these people are getting closer and closer and you're holding on to your jackpot, your, your fake future. You're in there investing more and more and more. And one day, poof, it's all gone. This loneliness is a pain emanates deep within your soul that's where it was for me tune into your body find out where it's coming from it'll be coming from somewhere like your gut area or you maybe your heart it stops you functioning it stops you in your tracks you do not know how to 
how to live life. You don't know how to get up in the morning. Your life was dictated by their moods, by their needs, by their wants. And they've stripped you back, literally. They've unprogrammed you. They've reprogrammed everything about you and they've left you without the code of how to get into that. It's like having the motherboard and you can't access it. It's been locked and you can't get back in. But there are a few things that we should be grateful for. And I know if you're actually in that moment and you're feeling very lonely, you're probably about to hit stop on, (laughs) I can't listen to this anymore. But because they have stripped you back, because they have left you in an infantile state, because this is what they actually do. And who's running your life is usually a very young child, because that they've literally unprogrammed everything that you've learned. However, you've learned it. You can reprogram, but you can reprogram in a more healthy way. And this is one of the gifts that they actually give you. Once you can get through this and work through this pain and break the bonds, and I'll talk about that a bit later, you can actually take this gift and you can reprogram and reparent. And as I said, this might not be what you're feeling at the moment. Every single ounce of you might be holding yourself back from trying to re-engage with them. And this pain of coming out of the relationship actually feels worse than it does being in that relationship. And on average, people go back seven to eight times. And I just believe that this fear and loneliness and, and these emotions contribute to that. So that means that somebody might go back once or twice, another person might go back 12 or 13 times. And that's how we get our average. You might be feeling things like self-doubt, hopelessness. You might be withdrawing socially. You're afraid you're being judged. You might not know who you can trust. Anxiety is huge. You might be second guessing yourself and it's very possible you're bound with these invisible chains, but you really can untangle from them. You were programmed and it might not just be from this relationship. And this is how you got in. You were programmed by this abusive partner to live by their rules. But it was it was easy because and I am making a, an assumption and this is done on a lot of work that I've done with clients and when they'll say no no I had this perfect childhood and we'll delve in and there will be one of the three core wounds which is abandonment shame and betrayal so you were programmed at some point to believe that abuse was love and you might not have seen this relationship as abusive and this is why it's so crucial to understand this original wound where this comes from how they managed to access and get in how do some people attract them and other people don't there's so many things going on in my brain that i want to share how would it feel if you could say this stops with me if you could tune into your body and This is where these honest conversations I shared yesterday, um, I'm running a three day challenge and day one was yesterday and I shared a story from my career. And actually, when I was thinking about it after the course was done and and I was sort of winding down, I was starting to think, wow, I've got this 26 year itch. I don't, or whatever it is, all these wounds take maybe 26 years for me to be honest. I shared a story about my corporate life and why I left one of my jobs 
and I was I was honest yesterday. I'm not going to share it at today. It's taken me 26 years to talk about the real reason I left. And I put it down to, and I used to tell people, oh, I'm really stressed. I've got three young children, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't that at all. And I was slightly honest with myself or more honest with myself um, and the more recent years as to exactly there was one person and the games that they were playing and the manipulation and the smear campaign. There's lots of different things going on. And I, it took me, so when I was writing Finding Lily, uh, that I wrote that in 2016. It, that was 26 years. It taken me 26 years to process this trauma in, uh, and be able to verbalise it. So, and I was talking about that. So I was thinking about that yesterday as I, after I got off the call, I was making a cup of tea and thinking, wow, 26 years must be a key area for me to process. These relationships are painful. They are painful on every level. How would it feel to be able to say, do you know what? This abuse stops with me. It stops now. I've had enough. I'm not taking this through. It's one of the other things that I was talking about and I have been speaking about more recently is ancestral wounds, the wounds of our families. And looking back, if you just look out and look at the line that you've come from, have your family line experienced emotional abuse and trauma it might be through religion it might be through cults it might be through various different things or through the relationship and and this is a point I think we're at a pivotal point in I want to say humanity but it sounds a bit big but we're in society in our community in our point of life that we're are more aware to this emotional abuse that happens, to this emotional abuse that happens not just in emotional relationships, in the workplace, in our community. And I think we can, you know, if there are, will be, I said last night on the call, actually, there's a percentage of people that will just want to get through this. They would just want to they'll do anything to get through the pain, whether they drink through it, take drugs through it, have sex through it, jump into another relationship to, to ease that pain and not deal with the wounds and then there's another um section that experience this and say do you know what I'm done I'm not experiencing this is my second time that I've done this I'm not experiencing this anymore this is you know this has been the most painful thing I'm not doing this anymore so this linking from being lonely and this pain go inwards I am going to be talking about wound talking and honest conversations more and more over the next weeks and months because this is where the healing happens it's all linked to the original wound it's all linked to emotional uh, divorcing emotionally from the abuser. This is breaking the the chains. This is breaking the cords that are that are feeding this um, this pain, and it comes from various different things. In my opinion. Um, from the devaluation and the um, idealization that are linked that comes with this discard the hoovering and in this it's this cycle and this pattern you get trapped in this cycle it's that intermittent reinforcement where they are nice and then they're horrible and then they're nice and then they're horrible they come back they abandon you you can still be in a relationship you can still be living together and they can abandon you emotionally and they keep doing this playing these emotional games and then one day they do the final discard and they don't come back but you've been trained to wait you've been trained that the next point is they're going to come back and again this might be the loneliness it might and you're waiting 
nothing's happening. You've got tumbleweed. It might be that you've woken up to these relationships and you're finding all the people talking about things like hoovering and you're thinking, well, where's my hoover? Which then plays into these wounds of what's, you know, not being good enough or what's wrong with me. And it might be for the reason that they know that you know who they are and they're protecting their new supply. And it might be as simple as that. It might be another game. And you might fall into that trap of feeling sorry for them. They project out that childhood wound that that caught you, you know, wanting to protect them, wanting to heal them. And you forget about yourself. You forget who you are. And in the end, the one fighting for their life is actually you. We have, as I said, three core wounds, which are abandonment, shame and betrayal. And it might be that uh, you've experienced abandonment, you've experienced shame, you've experienced betrayal, but you actually might have also abandoned yourself. You might shame yourself and betrayed yourself. These might be the wounds that are projecting out. And this is why you might feel so lonely. Trying to understand where you went wrong. You might be playing over the relationship, going over, you know, each scenario and having conversations. You know, if only you'd done something, if only you had, um, hadn't done something. Maybe if you'd said something or maybe if you hadn't said something. The last couple of years have merged into, maybe three now actually, have merged my brain. But a while ago in the coaching industry, there was a, a saying, who you be? And my question is, who are you? Do you know? Perhaps you've not actually, you don't actually know who you've ever been was one of the questions that I asked two people yesterday. Do you really know who who you are? Have you... I mean, particularly, say, you were the, if you were the scapegoat in your family unit, you might have hidden who you really were to protect yourself. We are designed to survive. Everything in us is designed to survive. A baby doesn't know how to live on its own, and it doesn't know, doesn't come with a, a, a set of instructions. And do you think it thinks, oh... I need feeding. I'm going to, if I cry now, it's an inbuilt response. Okay, I need to, I need food. And it's just there. It cries. I'm dirty. I feel uncomfortable. I just actually need a hug. I'm going to cry. And it's a bit later that they start to uh, understand that, oh, if I make this noise, I spoke about this and I can't remember that might have been a YouTube video with twins when they start to identify um, that they're an individual person. They, you know, the other, one twin might cry and the other one goes, oh, actually, I'm not hungry. I'm not, I don't need a hug. I'm quite okay. And I don't need changing. So they don't cry, but it's inbuilt in us to survive. So you might have pretended to be someone else to survive your childhood. You might have pretended to be someone else to survive your relationship. You might have created a persona. Think about how that relationship that that you're recovering from, that's hurting you, that's causing this pain. Were you yourself? Did you give up part of your personality to protect yourself in that relationship? And again, I think loneliness stems from that, not actually knowing who we are and handing over so much and having nothing left, and not knowing which way to turn, who you can trust, who you can turn to. And at the core of this is actually who you really are. I was saying to one of the people yesterday, oh my gosh, if only you could see how far you've come 
in 14 months honestly the change and then we went over a few things the wobbles the 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 wounds that that came up the abuser is the master manipulator and I've spoken a few times how I believe they've got like a way a formula that they know how to get in what this person is worth to them I call it the return on investment the ROI they've worked out what they need to do and what they're going to get back but they also have an understanding of you and I honestly believe this they see something in you they know your nature they know the type of person you are they know how kind you are how caring how you want to support them and if only we could get a mirror at that point and a reverse mirror I don't know how that would work but as they spot it, they can reflect it back to you so that you could see who you truly were or who you truly are. And you might have been questioning things like, did they ever love you? Everything they told me, was that true? Was that a lie? You question everything about the relationship. What they did love was what you did for them, how you cared for them, how you made them look. Those are the things they love. And you might feel lonely because you're waiting. You're waiting for them to come back. Part of that hoovering, that cycle that you got hooked into. And you're waiting for that pattern because they've always come back. You might be waiting for an apology. You might be waiting for closure. You might be trying to get closure. These are the things that, that actually, unfortunately, are not going to happen. If you've experienced the final discard, you need to break that cycle. They are not coming back. Even if they tease you with the thoughts of we're so good together, you shouldn't be going through this alone, we are soulmates, it was only because of this if you hadn't have done, they're playing games. You might be stuck replaying the relationship over again. You might be confused, as I said, self-doubt is huge. You might be experiencing a lot of fear. You might be waiting for closure. Closure is always going to be denied because you have too much to offer. Not giving you closure keeps the door open. Not giving you closure means that if they rock up with a message or they reach out to you, they're going to hear how much pain you're in. And that's what they want. It's fuel and supply. It means that you're there, the door, they've got their foot in the door. By not giving you closure, and keeping you trapped in those wounds, they can walk back in at any time. And I reference chess a lot. The master manipulator is like a chess master. They plot out each move. Take a deep breath in and slowly release it. Where is this loneliness in your body? And who are you? Who you be? Take another deep breath in. Find techniques as you're doing this that work for you. Grounding is really powerful. Being in your body, you need to be. It's the safest place. Your brain has been programmed and tricked. Writing out your story so that you can see the abuse. Love shouldn't hurt. If someone wants the best for you, they'll be honest with you. They're not going to trick you. If a relationship doesn't work, an honest person or relatively healthy, emotionally healthy person is wanting to move on. They don't want you hanging around in the background. They don't want you sitting there waiting for them. They want a clean break. They want to make sure that they can move on to another relationship. They don't want to be stalked. They will give you the closure that you need. These tricks and manipulations 
are those of unhealthy people. Find your story, find your wounds and find who you are because that person, that small child who you were born to be is still inside you. I promise you, he or she is still there waiting to be allowed to be who they really have always wanted to be. And they've hidden themselves away for fear, for fear of showing up, for fear of being told off, for all of the words that they heard growing up that put them down, for fear of being caught for fear of being shamed, for fear of being abandoned or betrayed by a parent, a caregiver, a teacher. Love should not hurt. I hope this has been helpful. If you want to reach out, please do. If you want help with the original wounds, if you want to learn how to talk to your wounds, reach out to me and, and I can help you. If you actually really want to discover who you really are, who you be, who you're born to be, you can book a soul plan reading with me and I can help you discover and uh, who that is and what your purpose is in life. And I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.